Tulsa Music Stream. And now, your hosts, Scott, Jana, and Nine. You wanted the dirt on Tulsa. You got it. Hey everyone, welcome to Tulsa Music Stream. I'm your host, Scott Squires. This is Nine, that's Jana. This is episode 71. Make sure you share um, this stream on your Facebook pages, all your favorite groups, all your favorite pages, and uh, make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube and hit those likes and make sure you comment. We're also on uh, Twitter and Twitch, and also we are on um, all the platforms like Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music and um, all the other podcast uh, platforms. So, welcome everyone. We got Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys and yep. others. Yeah, many others. He has a very extensive uh, musical resume. He's actually already arrived. We're going to go ahead and get him on screen now so we can get into this. Jason, welcome to Tulsa Music Stream. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, kudos to the Armored Saint shirt. He yes. wore that just for you, I did buddy. just for you, buddy. Well, you you and I need to hang out. Oh, uh, so cool. Yeah. You know, after doing... Well, I'm a big Armored Saint fan anyway. And, of course, I went to the Wasp uh, tour. and But I was a big Armored Saint fan back in the day. I mean, all the old obscure bands, you know, all the heavy bands like Icon, Kill. And, you know, I grew up listening to all those uh, cool bands that weren't very popular but uh, it's great to hear that story, and we'll get into that uh, as far as accepting sure. all that, man. It's an amazing story. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me introduce you to everybody real quick on the panel here. Um, looking to your far right, that's Scott down at the end. We've got nine in the middle. My name is Jana, and uh, we started doing this podcast. We're going to ask you about your podcast efforts down the down a little bit later in the stream. We started sure. doing it because we got bored during the pandemic, and uh, and it's been a, a blast, and we're really glad to have you here. Like I told the viewers, um, Jason, you have an incredibly impressive and expansive uh, musical resume. I think that's a testimony not only to your skill, but your versatility as well as far as being such a sought out vocalist for so many different projects. And when I reached out to you, uh, we, you know, we talked a little bit about, uh, of course, we're going to get into everything from your past, but let's talk about uh, Cassius King, because I know this is one of your current projects. You guys put out this really great album, Dread the Dawn. And uh, if you guys haven't seen the video for Abandoned Paradise, fantastic song, fantastic video. Why don't you tell us a little bit about coming together with these guys, this project, and the making of this album? Um, great. Thank you for all the nice things that you just said. Um, I have known guitarist Dan Lorenzo, um, Cassius King guitarist Dan Lorenzo, uh, for one million years. Uh, there, uh, Cassius King is a Jersey based, uh, band. And, uh, they, in the eighties, uh, all three guys were in and out. Mainly Dan was the only, I think, consistent member of, uh, of a band called Hades, and uh, Hades had a record out on Torrid Records, the same label as uh, the first Exodus, Bonded by Blood. 
Torrid Records. Uh, they didn't tour a whole lot, but much like um, the band I was in at the time, uh, I was in a band called Watchtower between like 1982 and right up uh, right up until uh, 1988, which is around the time I had to jump ship and uh, go make the Dangerous Toys debut. But anyway, during that time, I was um, a, a part of the tape trading world uh, in the underground. And so I met all kinds of people. I received all kinds of cool free shit and shirts <laughs> and albums and uh, befriended a lot of people by pen pal, you know. Oh, wow. Um, and because there was no internet. It's everything is, I am pre- historic pre-internet uh jurassic mcmaster um <laughs> the um you know me and alan tecchio who actually replaced me in in watchtower and is on the second watchtower album alan tecchio his band uh he sang for hades oh so that kind of puts that together the cassius king thing i've known dan since those days but we had never really written together until the pandemic um he was writing songs he had a few different singers he had a few different projects he was working on and so um dread the dawn is actually the second and most current cassius king record we made a record before that uh, we pretty much put them out one right after the other. Might have been about six months in between. Wow. Maybe eight months in between. Anyway, the first record is called Field Trip. Dan Lorenzo has this other project called Vessel of Light, which is very, um, I would say it fits kind of a doom style of metal. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, you know, Sabbath uh but in a different in a different it's not just sabbath i mean it, there's a whole movement of that stuff a little bit psychedelic sometimes um and you could say the same thing about cassius king now vessel of light doesn't sound anything like cassius king um especially when the singers start singing uh vessel of light has a has a different singer and yeah. um his name is Nathan Opposition, and Nathan was in a band called Ancient Wisdom. Mm -hmm. And um, Dan is a huge fan of them, and he reached out to uh, Nathan, and they started writing much in the same, except me and Dan had this past. Uh, um, you know, Watchtower stole his singer, and then he stole Watchtower singer. <laughs> kind of back, for, anyway. Right. Uh, uh, you get it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's very incestuous, uh, <laughs> but I, I love the, the style. I've always wanted to, yeah. I'm a big fan of trouble. Yes. Uh, and, uh, anything wino, you know, does St. Vitus and I've always wanted to do stuff. Now, the fact that me and Dan and shit, everybody in Cassius King are giant ACDC Kiss and Aerosmith and Cheap Trick fans, we can't really get away from where we come from. Right, so right. Mm -hmm. it's like this Doom stuff, but it's basically a rock album. I just happen to be channeling, you know, Ronnie James Dio and Ozzy Osbourne the whole mm. time. It sounds amazing. 
We yeah. Thanks. Did it. Um, the album covers were both done by the same man. That's Claudio Bergman, who did Judas Priest Firepower. Mm. Oh, that's great. He's a great artist. Uh, these are most of his stuff um, that he's the layouts that he's done for us have been uh, based off of photographs. He's uh, a great photographer and uh, just great artist, great mind. You can check out Claudio Bergman dot net. I think just mm -hmm. Google will do the work for you. Okay, all right. Yeah, the yeah he he's awesome. You know the of course we're Tulsa Music Stream, so you know we like to talk a lot of you know some some things about uh, bands that have toured here in Tulsa and everything. And I, I remember seeing you. Uh, I guess it was back in '89. It was at a place called the Beat Club, and it was you guys and Junkyard, and mm. your album just dropped and and and. That made me go and get Junkyard's album. It was a smaller yeah. club, but man, that was just a very intense show for the two front men, you and Junkyard, like mm -hmm. veins popping out of your heads. Do you, <laughs> and then I guess you guys came back a little later after that. I think that was, uh, what, 2008 at the Kane's Ballroom with uh, both bands, I believe. Uh, with Rhino Bucket on the bill as well. That's right. Yeah. Do you, um, do you remember those shows at all? I, I remember I remember Kane's uh I don't remember the beat club so much, but that must have been in September of eighty nine because was, yeah, the fall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kane's we did is a, a historic whole... place, man. You had to have learned the history of Kane's Ballroom while you were here. Yeah, you Kane, came here when you came played the Kane's Ballroom with LA Guns too, I think. Yes. And that would have been um uh in October, uh, right after the junkyard run, I guess. Yeah, because it was it wasn't too too long after that show. Yeah. You guys were at the at the Canes, but man, that little hey. small club was just intense. And I was pretty much up front, and I just got out of high school, so I was fresh fresh eighteen years old. <laughs> and you know, back then when you're eighteen years old, and all all I knew was heavy metal. I mean, and being up that close in such a small club with two bands that you know would just released two two great two great albums and and you guys were all over MTV it was just a kind of an intense uh show for me but yeah. I'm glad that it it made such an impact on such a young mind and you have been warped forever <laughs> exactly exactly we were we were on the path anyway just like you you know kiss alive on all the kiss records you know when we were in the 70s and, i think that's why we all play is because of, of kiss honest, <laughs> honestly honestly for sure well they're they're the best gateway band uh i, sure. don't, I don't know another band that has influenced and and spawned uh, as as many ne'er do wells as Kiss has. Yeah, we've done seventy one of these, and almost every guy on here has said that's what got them started. Not not all of them, but most of them. Yeah, for we sure. could probably run a whole hour or two hours just talking about Kiss alone on this show. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Sounds, you, grew up, very, you grew up defending them too. Yeah, sounds very familiar. Uh, <laughs> so well, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, besides uh, Cassius King, you you also are active with Dirty Looks, and let's put this stuff up on the screen because I you, love Dirty Looks. Man, yeah, I'm anxious to get into to this with you as well. So you guys are going to be performing on the Monsters of Rock cruise, which is always a good time, from what I've heard. I haven't gotten to go yet, but April 29th through May 4th, look for Dirty Looks on that cruise. You can see the the flyer up in the top right corner that shows all of the acts that will be there. And you guys have a live CD DVD set available now. Cool from the speedway. 
why don't you talk a little bit about how you got hooked up with those guys? I think it was in 2019. Please correct me if I'm wrong on that. But how good did you come together? Me. I'm sorry. I said good enough for me. Good enough for you. <laughs> it, it, how did yeah. you? Uh, how did you get hooked up with those guys? And and what do you foresee happening with Dirty Looks going forward besides just the shows we just talked about? Well. Uh, I don't know if let's let here. I'll just start at the beginning in sure. 1992 dangerous toys, lost a guitar player. Uh, and we had a, 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 who's now a regional country star, Kevin Fowler. We had him uh, playing the band for about nine months until we could get uh Paul Idell to move to Texas from the East Coast. And so long story short on that part of it, uh, since 94, January of 94, Paul Lydell from Dirty Looks has been the guitar player in Dangerous Toys. Okay. Wow. So that's a long time. Sure. So, uh, and, and we were big Dirty Looks fans prior to, you know, early Toys inception. We heard cool from the wire uh, while we were at the hotel getting ready to head to a show in, in San Antonio, which probably would have been early 88. Yeah, early, like could have been like, you know, uh, spring of 88 or no, not even that. It, 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 yeah, I'd stick with my first in, end of 87 because I didn't start working with the toys until October of 87. Mm hmm. And then by March, we were already being courted by labels. So we knew about uh, Dirty Looks by Cool from the Wire. We were getting ready for a show, and uh, Oh Ruby came on the radio. And we, mm -hmm. I was like, you guys hear this? And we were just blown away. And then we found out Max Norman did it. And uh, made us fans, uh, even bigger fans, immediate. We, we all went and bought their record and blah, blah, blah. So... We're starting that L.A. Guns tour. You know, obviously things had happened to the toys between, you know, the time we heard O oh Ruby on the radio and uh, October 11th of 1989. We're starting that tour with L.A. Guns. It's Torah, Torah, Dangerous Toys, and L.A. Guns. Mm -hmm. And we're at the Austin Opera House, first night of the tour, and Dirty Looks just happens to be playing at a club called back room uh the back room a club that we were just actually discovered in mm -hmm. and um so <clears throat> you know i'm watching uh i'd done my set or no it's no i'm watching torah torah and um, i i go well i better go you know get ready to warm up or whatever and i open the door and there's jack pyers and paul lydell from dirty look standing there who i've never met and I'm going, whoa, you're Paul and you're Jack from Dirty Looks. We're going to go over and see you guys play tonight. You know, so they were fans of ours and we were fans, little oh, be cool. nuts, right? Right. Yeah, it was awesome. And um, so, you know, we did our show. And, and then after our set, I think I watched a couple of L.A. Gun songs. And then we all ran over to the back room to watch Dirty Looks play. So <clears throat> we've been friends ever since. You know, it was a long time ago, and uh, so when we needed a guitar player, and I stayed in touch with Paul, we needed a guitar player, uh, you know, me and Paul kind of knew that 
he didn't know what was you know going to happen with dirty looks and and uh, he knew that I would have wanted to, he would have wanted me to call him if we if I ever needed him so I did and uh that was in late 92 or something and he he had to do a tour I think five easy pieces had just come out dirty looks mm-hmm. and he was got he had to tour and he and he he couldn't just jump ship and that sounds like the Paul I know but he was interested so I would instead of sitting on our hands uh we auditioned players and we like I said we had Kevin Fowler you guys ever heard of Kevin Fowler I have not that okay. name rings a bell for me. He's a he's a big he's a big country star re- regionally. You know he's uh, he's been doing it a long time. Anyway, he was in he was a friend of ours, and he had been in a bunch of cool like rock bands and southern rock bands around here, Austin, Texas, and so we got him, and he was in a band about nine months, and then Paul called. He goes, "I can be there January 1st. I'm like, "Holy moly!" You know, it was like <laughs> a dream come true. There's literally no audition necessary. Wow. So he's been in the band ever since. So about six years ago, Gene Barnett and Jack Pyre's original, well, Cool from the Wire and Turn of the Screw lineup rhythm section, Gene the drummer and Jack the bass player, they decide to uh, do a tribute to Henrik Ostergaard, the main man, songwriter, guitar player, and uh, Dirty Looks, who sadly passed away about 12 years ago now. They call Paul and they go, "Hey, we're getting the band back together." That kind of story, you know. And, and uh, do you know any singers? Kind of thing. And Paul basically told those guys, <coughs> "Excuse me, I love you, Paul." Um, Paul says to those guys, "Ah, that sounds great. Only if Jason can be the singer." Oh wow! <laughs> what a compliment! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, he didn't want it to be hard work and he knows that I'm a huge fan and, Mm -hmm. and would be upset if I wasn't at least, you know, asked to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we started, you know, thinking about that, but, uh, those guys wanted to hear me sing, you know, the, their dirty look stuff. And so I think Paul did like 30 second snippets of about four songs i don't remember what they were i'm sure they were you know nobody rides for free cool from the wire oh ruby and turn of the screw or something Mm -hmm. like that uh maybe put a spell on you i don't remember and that was fun so i demoed out i sang just those snippets it was only about three minutes worth of music and um then i didn't really hear anything about it but then, um, you know, a couple of years later, uh, we found ourselves actually working on it. Those guys came down to Austin and we rehearsed a full set and we actually had a couple of shows booked and then COVID hit. Right. Mm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, a year or two later, we, we get some of those gigs back and we, we end up doing well. We recorded one of them, and that's cool from the Speedway. Uh, recorded in Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania, which was the actual stomping grounds of, uh, of dirty looks. And, you know, I call it kicks territory. Right. <laughs> you know, it's right out, it's there, you know, PA in Maryland and yeah, that whole uh-huh. area. Yeah. All the way up the to M3 Rock- Festival. Yep, all the way up there, Rochester and back. You know, all it's Rochester. it's multi-state 
rock congregation, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a bunch of bands from up that way. Anyway, so um, the recording came out great. We had a, a video crew there. Um, we just we came back home and started putting it together and released that and then did a couple shows right after it was released. And, um, yeah, so we we uh, were playing on the cruise and, you know, we've this 2.0 version or whatever, you know, there's been a little bit of hater stuff going on because, you know, obviously I'm not Henrik and, um, uh, but I think that people who hear the record Mm -hmm. and hear the live show and watch the DVD and, you know, some of those, some of the songs from the DVD you can find on YouTube. And, um, the point is, is, is if you, are really listening and watching and paying attention to the things that are that are being said by the current lineup uh you understand the respect and love we have for whatever is dirty looks and sure. whoever is henrik ostergaard there's no doubt um that we care and we uh we miss henrik and it's uh it's a tribute to henrik just as much as it is anything else yeah, um, some people he had, are. He has such a cool vibe about him. Yeah. Um, of course, you know his voice. You know, you, you could tell his roots. You know, were very early ACDC. But he, the way he, you know, especially for that time, he just went on stage and just just gave it his all. And it was just a a genuine performance every time he would get on stage. And he he didn't dress up, you know, like everybody else in those days. And he just kind of just wore his jeans and t-shirt and just went at it, man. So that's so cool. But you did mention the back room. I think he just crawled out. I think he just crawled out of bed. Right. (laughs) Him and Malcolm up all night. Yeah. But you know, you did, you mentioned the back room, which is a, a club from, from where you were uh, coming up in, and there's a documentary called Bloody and Bruised, I believe. And that, is that uh, and, Bloody Bloody and Bruised: The Untold Story of the Back Room? That's a documentary movie that's coming out, I believe, next year. Okay. It's it's going to be in some festivals. Uh, they've been showing the teaser for it on some reels at some mm-hmm. uh, current festivals. That at this point, uh, company that that made the film is called Penny Rock Productions. Right. They were there. I mean, they, that was their drinking hole, you know, <laughs> back room. They, they hung, they hung out there. So when it closed and it's like, it's kind of part of their childhood, if you will. So, and, and like that, I said, is that Houston or Austin, Texas, Austin, Austin. Yeah. And, and that, everyone, and in that movie everyone is... played there. Pantera play every, everybody played there. Wow. Just think of a band and they played three nights, the Ramones, two yeah. nights, Motorhead, you know. It's a shame when a, in a cool classic place like that gets closed down. That's that's a shame. That's the cool thing of referring back to the Kane's Ballroom. It's that it's yeah. been around forever and a lot of cool people have played there. Sex Pistols played there. Exactly. Uh, Van Halen played there when they, before they were huge. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I, well, I know that back, you're in that documentary. Room was, yeah, the back I'm sorry, the back room was kind of like some people's Kane's Ballroom. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's 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 so wild how back back then, you know, you had Deep Elm, you know, in Dallas and of course you had Sunset Boulevard and you had all these really cool mecca 
places for people to go to enjoy, you know, a music scene and all these clubs and all these bands. And I remember going down to Deep Elm and it was just, just packed. Mm -hmm. I mean, every weekend it was just packed full of people. You go down there or you go up to Hollywood now and, and it's just like, you know, tumbleweeds and stuff. And it's just so (laughs) depressing, you know? Yeah, sad. Yeah. uh, It's, it's the, it's the people that make a legend and something lasts forever. It's not the building. That's right. That's so really true. I think that it's it's important to remember uh, the people that were together when things were happening. And, and I mean, sure, I, I get like you, I'm sentimental as well when I'm in that part of town. Uh, there's a club that I play at quite often called Come and Take It Live. Oh yeah, uh, I, I played here. there actually. That's a yeah, cool, cool place. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And yeah. anyway, the, so here's come and take it. Well, the back room, which is now the new emos, is right here. So mm-hmm. it's part of the same. I'll go ahead and say it. Strip mall, right? Mm-hmm. It's part of the same <laughs> par- parking lot, you know. Right. But that's hollow ground. I, uh, the toys were discovered there. The, the wow. back room is is you know it was a legitimate. Uh, it it. it it was on the map. It was on the rock and roll map for a long, long time. And now Emo's, uh, which is uh, kind of used to be called the alternative club. It's just a, it's just a rock, it's just a rock venue now, but there was a club downtown on sixth street as well as a sister venue. I might've been the, the mother It might've been the first Emo's was in Houston, down in Houston. Mm. And so there were those two Emo's forever, and um, the owner of Emo's bought that block there, uh, the the old back room, basically, tore the roof off, raised the roof, and turned it into a professional venue. It's it holds like two thousand people. Oh, and, sweet. Yeah, every I've seen uh, I've seen Testament and and uh, Down, and hmm. I've seen seen a bunch of cool, but everybody plays there now. So, so it's cool. hollow ground, but it's right there by Come and Take It. If you've been to Come and Take It, you've been on hollow ground. Yeah, I played sure. there. I played there just like I seen. I went there with a band called Mudflux just about a year and I don't know, about a year and a half ago, I guess maybe. Um, All right, and it was a cool place, man. It was, it was really cool, and got some cool pictures from there too. Nice. So before we get it, because I know we definitely want to talk to you about about your stints uh, covering some shows for except an armored saint. I'm going to let Scott cover that because we, we watched your, uh, your talk louder interview that you did where you, you pretty much gave a kind of a blow by blow, uh, you know, memory recall of, of that experience and how amazing that must've been. Before we get into that, I do want to read a, a few viewer comments and questions. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Crittenden says, love the bad company cover. Feel like making love better than the original. Uh, Melanie Yielding Hall says, love the movie memorabilia behind you. And Dustin Mm -hmm. Little has a question. He says, during the worldwide tour in 89-90, what were some of the most memorable venues you played at? Cobo Hall. There you go. Kiss Alive. Nassau Coliseum. Wow. Um, Hammersmith Odeon. Nice. Um, The Fox. The Tower. The Metro. Um, these are all famous venues that you've heard. The whiskey, you know, whatever sure. you you've read, you've read all all of the names of these classic venues. That, it's hard to uh, pick a favorite child, isn't it? 
Well, just just to just to write a song and have it carry you throughout your life and take you through places that you've read about in magazines, that can be a little bit fleeting and shallow on one side of things. But when you're a big ass rock and roll nerd like me, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty we awesome. Relate. We can relate. Yeah, yeah. Man. yeah so, so like in the middle of a song, I'm like, wow. I'm singing, my, you know, I'm singing a song I wrote in Cobo Hall, going, "Wow, that's amazing!" Back a but kiss, I'm, a, kiss I'm alive like, pictures this place, man. Like, stop singing, you know, just so I can go. Duh. Just take it in. Yeah, right. That's um, so incredible. Man. Well, you know, there, there were some moments like that, but you know, Meadowlands. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It just goes and goes. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a bunch of cool stuff. There's a, there's a bunch of things that I learned about that just by playing music uh, you know uh on the road uh you learn about venues like there's this place in uh i think it's in charlotte called the milestone you guys ever heard of that no no sounds cool the place is like 90 years old or something and it's a it's a house it's a venue that's in a house wow like they you know they made moon you know i'm probably making shit up now but like you know (laughs) moonshine in the backyard and and they're you know blues guys sitting on a stool playing in the corner of this old house in charlotte and i got to play there so you it's like it's like the legend of uh robert johnson and and the Mm -hmm. crossroads and the the chitlin circuit and just all that whole like you start learning and and talking to locals and you hear about all this really cool stuff anyway history book stuff and so on a on a bigger scale, you know, the names of the larger venues that larger venues that I've mentioned, uh, it's the same thing just on a bigger. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I I just I love how you know we we as as artists are creating something from nothing and if you have the chance to you know put it out on the road every night and people react a certain way it'll take you to these places that you've heard about and you get excited about it because you you you've heard of these places and uh there's something charming and exciting about that mm-hmm. that it started from nothing sure. just, yeah. you know, something that your your intellectual property helped create for you so you right. can right. take a journey yeah so I want to tell the viewers um, a little story that you just recently had to go through, and, and it was all over new, all over the news, all the music news sites. Um, there was a stint where he he got a call um, from the band Accept, which is I don't know one of the coolest German bands, you know, that's not named Scorpions, <laughs> and he gets a call to yeah. fill in um, because their singer gets sick. He has to go in there on a on a short notice goes out there does some shows with accept and then before he even really settles back home he gets another call to join the wasp and armored saint and sometimes michael shanker tour and fill in for john bush which is not a easy task at all to do actually actually don't you remember that night michael shanker said it was the last night of their tour right so it ah, came in. okay so it wouldn't have been michael shanker so see, music, see, we're think, music nerds too. I think so, I think Michael did five or he did like maybe two weeks of that run, and, right? And I was lucky enough. I, 
Did you guys see have Michael Schenker there? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, we yeah, did. we had him in, down in San Antonio. So nine days before I'm on the phone with Joey Vera, I was at the show. Oh, that's I've known pretty cool. guys forever. I, I saw uh, Armored Saint, Michael Schenker, and Wasp down in San Antonio, and it was kick-ass. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what we Mind, saw, too. So if you could just walk us, walk us through the timelines of that. I mean, I know it's a long story and I know you've probably have had to explain it millions of times, but it's a really <laughs> cool story. And, and like you said, you know, we're, we're music nerds. So it had to be, had to mean something really, really big for you to get these opportunities for some of these bands that you grew up listening to. Yeah. So I'm, I'm enjoying looking at the photos. Oh, oh let okay. me go back. I, I got off of it. No, too it's fast. Okay. There, there, there you are with it's except. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wearing my Raven shirt. Yeah. Love it. Um, so, so it's a Tuesday. It's October, you know, 17th or something like that. Mm. And, um, I have to work that day and, um, it's, it's early enough. It's like 11 AM or noon or whatever. And, um, I get a text message from Don Van Stavern, the bass player for Riot. Now, Don Van Stavern has been a friend of mine since 1983 because his band Slayer, which later became known as San Antonio Slayer or mm-hmm. S.A. Slayer, um, used to play shows with my band Watchtower all the time. So we've I, I've known Don forever. So um, he texts me. He goes, he goes, hey, can you sing Accept? And I was like, I was like, I'm not even going to, you know, I responded with something like, I'm not even going to respond to that. You know that I can sing except, you know that I worship except, blah, blah, blah. When, when are we forming our tribute band? And he goes, you know, LOL, no joke, call this number right now. And I'm like, wow. what? Holy so, crap. so I, um, <clears throat> I end up talking to a guy named Ed Aborn who has his own story uh ed uh is is uh, i was gonna say was but kind of was but is uh the drummer in a, a florida florida band called uh from the same scene as nasty savage and sabotage and the brandon area uh he was in a band called siren that um after like 30 years, got a call to play uh, Keep It True Festival in Germany, and they made a movie about it called I'm Too Old for This or something <laughs> like that. And you guys should check it out. You could go to YouTube and type in Siren, the movie, and you'll see my buddy Ed Aborn. So I'd never... familiar. I, sounds yeah, familiar. oh yeah, oh yeah. You're going to remember it. Mm. Hmm. So anyway, <clears throat> I'm on the phone with, with Ed Aborn. <clears throat> And I'm like, hey, nice to meet you, da-da-da-da-da. What's going on? And he's like, well, Mark is sick. Their singer is sick and can't do it. You know, he's he's got it. He's went to the hospital. He's on meds, da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, man, that's terrible. And well, they need, they need someone now. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I can. I don't know. Really? Yeah, they, they need you for like a week. And then they might, if things get worse you know be they don't we don't know it could be open-ended we don't know oh this sounds frightening because i 
I'm put I'm in their shoes automatically. I'm like I'm like, oh my God, I can't I, I would be in that would be hell for me to be searching for someone to be my singer <clears throat> overnight, you know. No kidding. Because if you cancel a tour, a one, two, three more show your crew doesn't work, you right. don't get paid, you go right. home, you're you know, uh, except it was on a headlining tour, mm -hmm. uh, not a timeout, but Armored Saint was supporting Wasp, right? So right. slightly different situation, yep. only by length of set. It's still your crew. You you go home. You make no money. You do like, not ask like go. It's like a community. Like, yeah. Well, it's a job, right? That you're that you've created for people, and you you know you're you're creating uh, an issue if somebody gets ill and you have mm. to cancel something. Anyway, yeah. I was like, man, this is terrible. And he was like, well, they they need someone. And I said, oh, and he's well. First off, I hear you coughing, and I'm like, yeah. And I had to be honest over the phone. I'm like, I'm just getting over some kind of upper respiratory thing. Mm. And they're like, oh, no, and we were, had a good laugh about that because he hears me clearing my throat and coughing and shit. And I said, but, I mean, I'm on the mend. I'm going to work. I'm a, I'm a vocal teacher. You know, I, I, teach, I teach music to kids and blah. That's, this is my job. I mean, I'm on the other side of it. And, well, that's good. Anyway, he goes, uh, let me call Wolf and tell him that, you know, what's going the situation, and he might just call you. And I go, okay, in the meantime, I just happened, one of my band, Igniter, one of my bands called Igniter, we've actually uh, covered Fast as a Shark, and there's a recording of it. I'm going to send you that. And my old band, Watchtower, this is a long time ago, it's probably 20 years ago, we did Run If You Can from the Breaker album. I'm going to send you those. They're on YouTube. He goes, okay. So I, <clears throat> we hang up. I send him those, and the phone rings, and it's Wolf. Wow. Wolf Hoffman. So, wow. yeah, I was like, I fanboyed out <laughs> as little as possible so I could get to business because, you know, those records were my high school soundtrack. Sure. You know? Anyway, um, he's like, do you think you can do this? I, did you hear the first off? Did you hear me? Did you hear those tracks that I sent to Ed? He goes, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm calling you. And I'm like, oh, OK, good. That's good. Um, he goes, we may, we want to do this, but I'm going to have another meeting with my, with my band and figure this out for sure. And, uh, work on logistics and I'll call you in an hour. I said, okay. In the meantime, I had to call, I had to talk to my wife. I had to call my boss. I had to, uh, call my, uh, my podcast partners and say, you know, cancel, cancel, cancel. Because this, we don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll let you know later for sure, but probably going to have to cancel. Mm -hmm. And they understood. So, <clears throat> obviously, everything worked out. And uh, I got a text an hour from uh, hour later from Wolf, and he said, pack your bags. Mm. I think I still have the text. <laughs> uh, and um, I blew it up into a poster, and it's hanging above my bed. Man. That's uh, pretty I'm cool. kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> I don't have a text message from Wolf printed out large in a poster of my bed. Hanging, from your, hanging above your yeah. bed on the ceiling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> um, no rehearsal. Uh, got on a plane, flew all day, made it into Allentown, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and uh, 
just studied his, you know, songs I kind of knew and songs that I didn't know at all and uh, did a full set with him the next day. Holy you, you know, wow. you would think like most of us, you know, that were fans of that band, you knew probably the majority of all the Udo stuff, you know, you're a little more inclined with those songs. And then some of the newer ones with Mark, you know, probably had to do a lot of homework on there on your plane flight there and headphones and just kind of like cramming for a, you know, a school, high school test, college <laughs> test or some sort, you know? Yeah. But it was the coolest test I've ever taken. Absolutely. In my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, that's exactly what it was like. Um, you know, the set list didn't change much. Uh, um, you know, what, what Wolf wanted to do is what we ended up doing. Um, I had to, even if he would have given me, you know, five different tunes to inject, I would have been like, yes, sir. Mm. You know, I mean, what was I supposed to do? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so I got on the phone with Mark at the hotel, uh, and cause I demanded, well, I told Wolf, I'm like, I'm like, I have to talk to Mark and they're like, Oh really? It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk to him, man. This is, I'm in his house. I need him to be comfortable. I need to be comfortable knowing that he knows how I'm feeling about it. Right. Oh, that's, that's great. So Wolf handed me. Yes, I spoke. I got to hold Wolf Hoffman's phone and talk <laughs> to his singer. So anyway, yeah. So I just told Mark exactly what I just told you guys. Man, uh, you're a legend. I, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Uh, I, this is terrible that this is happening. This is your house. This is your show. This is your thing. And I just wanted you to know I'm going to do the, the best I can. And it's important to me uh, for you to hear these words, knowing that I'm, you know, I'm here for you, uh, not the other way around, you know. Wow. And uh, and uh, I feel like uh, I felt like red red carpet treatment. I felt like those guys. I mean, you know, I, okay, our house is your house. Here you go. Here's your bunk. Here's eat anything you want see you on stage you know so the only i said no rehearsal we did a sound check uh this would have been in um oh god jim thorpe pennsylvania at a venue called penn's peak and um it was about an 18 song set and i i kind of knew about a third of it mm the rest of it the rest of it wow works man i am i am doing the best i can i can't watch the videos so mm. it's painful for me to watch but uh there were a great response uh and i did the best i could and i had a lot of fun and uh i got to sing with my high school heroes right what a, what a dream and then what was yeah. the what was the distance of time between your end doing that to when you got the call for armored saint uh good question um so i i did four shows with accept and uh you know one one show without mark and then mark came came back the next day uh i don't know if the doctors wanted him to or not but he did anyway wow. and um, he looked great he sounded pretty good he was a little a little shaky but um 
he was he would in he ended up doing about two thirds of the set. And I kept being his cheerleader. He'd come off stage and we'd sort of tag team. Like he would do like four or five and he'd announce me. He'd say, and we're bringing my buddy Jason because, you know, everybody oh. knows I've been sick and da 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 da. It was really class act. Nice. And, cool. nice. Uh, he would tag me and I would sing a couple of old Udo songs. And then I said, hey, God, let's get Mark out here. And Mark comes back <laughs> out and he does a couple songs and we do one or two together and then I'll split and. Hmm. That was that was just killer, and I so I feel like Accept fans got really this this kind of weird super treat yeah, kind of thing. Of course. Um, but to answer your question, um, I got home. I guess it had been about two or three weeks. I can't pinpoint it. Um, the Accept thing was October. This would have been in November. Wow. Uh. And during that three weeks down, right in the middle of it, I went and saw, excuse me, I went and saw Armored Saint play with Wasp, Michael Schenker, down in San Antonio. And it was an awesome show. And I got to hang with the Saint guys. And uh, I used to be pen pals with John. And so, you know, we, we already had each other's phone numbers and stuff. And he sounded great. So nine days later, I got my robe on and I got the dog in my lap and I'm in my <laughs> chair and I'm watching something dumb on Netflix and, you know, I'm just chilling and it's like a Sunday night or something. Yeah. I, I, cause I had a gig the night I had a gig in, in, in here in town on that Saturday with Igniter, I think. So it was, you know, a day after a show, I'm just chilling and, and I just happened to look at my phone and it was Scott from Dangerous Toys and he was calling me and I said deny <laughs> and I was like you know he can text me whatever it can't be and, and, and like my text to him was like is everything okay and he's like no you need to call this number right now and I'm like oh shit because he was giving me um, Phil Sandoval's number from mm. Armored Saint yeah and uh, I'm like no he's like yep <laughs> so I was like, here we go yeah right I, exactly <laughs> um, so everything had to go go right back on cancel job house your wife right <laughs> everything has to go on cancel. same as it ever was ditto wow. ditto 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 Man. so <clears throat> uh i call phil's number and uh He's like, hey, man, uh, I, I'm just going to hand you the hand the phone to Joey. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I talk, I'm on the phone with Joey for like 45 minutes, and I'm like, dude. And he's like, dude. And I'm like, dude. And he's dude. <laughs> you knew. Really, dude? And he's like, dude, I know, dude. I know. <sighs> uh, it was one of those. and. And I'm like, I just saw you guys a week ago. What? He was fine. What the hell? And he's like, I know. And um, so, yeah, long story short, it, it was just the exact same thing. And, and somebody had pointed out to me is like, man, these bands are, that are on tour are hitting the eastern seaboard and their singers are just getting hit with this crud. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, uh, I'm here to help. So, wow. um it was, uh, you know, nine or ten songs, not 18. Right. Um, 
and I, you know, I could say this about Except, I phonetically knew most of the songs, you know, older stuff, of course. Yeah. And they knew I was a fan, and they, they, tr- they t- total trust, you know, it was total trust. With Except, I, I think that all they had to go on was just stuff they could find online and, and take and take the uh, Philip Schaus, guitar player for uh, for Except, as well as the drummer Christopher Williams, who are both Nashville based, um, they're they're familiar with my catalog. They're they're fans of Broken Teeth and the Toys and Christopher Williams, the drummer, actually did a gig when he was a kid in like the early two thousands with Broken Teeth in in South Carolina. Uh, at I can't remember the name of the so they could kind of vouch for you then. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And if this really this guy and Jason McMaster, you know, Philip Schaus was my cheerleader. He was going, yeah. "That's the guy. We got to get that guy." You know, mm-hmm. so that was good. And and that that sort of vein of uh, uh, fandom or you know, hoorah uh, was happening automatic with Saint because those I've known those guys. Uh, but not not close. I don't have dinner at their house, but you know what I mean. Yeah, right. I've been in touch with those guys uh, pretty closely for ever. Forty. Uh, Saints badass. You know what? My first Tulsa, Oklahoma concert, ironically, was at Kane's Ballroom, and that was Wasp, Armored Saint, and Metallica. Mm. Yeah, in 1985. Yeah, Wasp, Wasp didn't play though, due to an illness in the band. Mm. Wasp yeah. won't be playing tonight, but I got to see Cliff Burton play. And that yes, was cool. you did. Yes, you did. So, um, you and me could talk about Metallica for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> I saw them on the Kill 'Em All for One tour, oh, opening sweet. for Raven. Wow! And uh, Raven. Raven was already one of my favorite bands, and yeah, the Gallagher was, Brothers, right? Was my yeah was my Metallica was my newest favorite band. <laughs> anyway, I was pin pals for Hetfield for years, and uh, when they came through on that that Ride the Lightning tour with uh, Armored Saint and Wasp. Um, they played, it was February 21st of 1985. They played the Austin City. Well, you know, they, they were probably here just a week or two later. Oh yeah. Or yeah. days. Days. Yeah, exactly. Before. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. you had to put a portfolio together for all the, for these shows, for all your yeah. lyrics. And, and you had to come up with this, like a, a little light a binder, a binder. And, oh, the and, poor the poor man's teleprompter. Right. right. No, <laughs> yes. I, I want to tell you there's there's a really cool way to to make even a, a you know a, an upgrade on that without going full scale um, teleprompters. You can you know just gut out like a wooden uh, monitor, like, like a floor monitor, yeah. like a floor monitor, yeah. and yeah. put in a a a computer screen. Can I interrupt run, you for a second? Yeah. Can I interrupt you, please? Sure. Go ahead won't fit in a suitcase all right i know but but you just yeah. tell your guys on the other side you've got to have one of these ready for me and then you just take your ipad and you're ready to go all right we'll i'm gonna stick with, i'm gonna stick with my way <laughs> well we, i know we st- I, I i know that i know the teleprompter thing is is a, a popular thing now with us old guys but you know i like i gotta be able to and i gotta there has to be some sort of magic to what i'm doing since i got called twice right oh that's for true. sure that's yeah true. because uh I'm, I'm sitting in jim thorpe pennsylvania and john bush is texting me because his tour manager tells tells him that i'm out fronting except for a week and john bush is texting me going how are you knowing the fucking words dude <laughs> 
and hey, I'm like, and works, I'm, and, works. I, and I took a picture of this uh, contraption, and he was like, "Oh, I get it, I get it." And you know, it fits in a backpack. I check no bags, I check no gear, I take no gear. It's a backpack and a roly po- little roly poly. So I just I took very very little. The only sort of device I took was whatever device I wanted to. I took a laptop, so just in case my phone, I had to have a way to like, uh, I had to take some kind of office, you know, with me. So, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, the teleprompter thing, um, I, I think, I think just, um, having a binder with a halogen light on it, uh, really, really did work well. And it was yeah. quick, you know, quicker than having to. Dude, like hours later, I'm on a plane. That's amazing. Right. right. Well, yeah. go with what you know. And we pl- just, you know, our we've got our poor man's monitor like Scott's talking about, and, yeah. and, uh, and it works. I have but... like a Bluetooth pedal you know, that can, you know, scroll the page wow. and, and uh, you know, everything that just, boom. It's not like and Ozzy you, Osbourne's teleprompter, put, but it's it works. You know, who you, has, a, you, know who, you know who has one similar to how you're describing that I think he actually built as Ray from Fate's Warning? Oh, really? Yeah, or he did have one in his earlier days. Yeah, uh, I think Joey was telling me about Ray's, because Joey's, Joey's in Merciful Fate, he's in Fate's Warning. He's, right, yeah. yeah, he's, he's a god. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was telling me about uh, about Ray's thing, and it sounded really cool, and it's something that he built. But you know, they have a road case. Sure. Yeah. I, I get your dilemma. I get it. <laughs> and you're it on a plane be, now. It, it had to be quick, hours. and it and it was all I knew. I got uh, you. You man. know, seeing some of those videos with you, with except and um, of course Armored Saint, and and I know you probably get had a lot of comparisons to Axl Rose. You know, with your Dangerous Toys debut, you know, your vocal styles were very similar, but something that kind of struck me was your performance on stage, you and Sebastian Bach. I mean, you guys are both probably what, six, four, but you have this, these tall bills. I got you fooled. (laughs) (laughs) I'm five eleven. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You look so tall. My license says that I'm six foot, but let's go with that. (laughs) But Maybe, maybe five eleven and a half. Yeah, you kind of resemble uh, your stage performance. Kind of resembles uh, Sebastian Bach a little bit. The way you kind of move your arms and stuff. You kind of have a that kind of uh, vibe vibe to you. Hmm. I don't know if you ever heard that before. N- no, I, I haven't. Oh. That's interesting. Well, but I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> Let me ask you something real quick. So uh, obviously you can do all these these different metal styles from hard rock to like progressive thrash metal is is there a particular genre you're more comfortable with obviously you can do both fantastically well but what is your wheelhouse all of it no because you know and uh and you guys have heard this or you know firsthand that when you're writing songs you want to be able to do it live. Yep. Yes. Um, well, I, uh, with projects like Igniter and another uh, group, I have a few records out uh, with is uh, Howling Sycamore and uh, Evil United. The, these three projects are very uh, metal. Yes. Very, very, very metal. Uh, and, 
you know, from thrash to classic to true uh, power, put it in a blender and it's it's that's what it is, if not if not progressive as well. Mm -hmm. um, so the vocals that I'm writing for these these particular projects are quite hard to do live. Right. And I I I pull it off somehow, but, you know, it's not it's I'm not smart. I'm, I'm just telling you guys I'm not very smart because if I was smart, I would kind of take it easy and write these a little bit more comfortable for, you know, uh, 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 don't have too much fun because you're going to sure. have to do this live every right. night. So um, what's more in my wheelhouse is probably the stuff I do with Broken Teeth um, and Dangerous Toys and not so much with uh, the metal stuff. Okay. Uh, but I do get called on a lot to to write to 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 you know to to use those other voices, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I love using those other voices um, because they, those are the ones that are going to keep you in shape more than just uh, sure. something that might be closer to you know right. or in your wheelhouse to use your phrase. Right. But um, not saying that uh, you know it's not necessarily because I'm singing lower either. It's not about how high or how low I'm singing. It's probably the tone that mm -hmm. I'm using more than anything and, and how uh, how fast the material is or um, like I'll write a, I'll write this really cool thing and then I'll have to go, hey, dumbass, when are you going to breathe? <laughs> yeah. So, right. So there's that, you know, um, but, you know, the, the accept and the armored saint, when you kind of think about what what the you know i'll just say udo because mark is mark mark is a, a phenomenal singer uh mark turneo from except um he fronted tnt right yes yeah. no tt quick tt quick. quick thank you thank yeah you. they were they were le they're let it's legendary in jersey it's legendary mm -hmm. yeah not only not only was i was i covering for mark i was covering for mark who was in his hometown i'm in his turf neck of the woods wow. yeah that's so people, crazy people are showing up to see mark and they're seeing this red-headed texas guy who the fuck is this yo who the fuck <laughs> is this? you know and yeah. i'm like I, I, like I oh my god it. i'm in i'm in the snake pit this is gonna be you know so thank god he was there i'm glad that he came back and that we got to do such a memorable kind of tag team thing yeah, through his cool. neck of the woods. yeah but but the you know everybody thinks oh yeah Udo's easy to sing and Mark and John John Bush he's he's easy to sing no. oh really hell no really people say that because I don't know anybody that says that uh, uh, uh. So, I gotta tell you also Jason you made such a brilliant comment on one of your other interviews that I'd never thought about until you made me think about it you were describing John Bush's vocal style and you think of you think of Armored Saint even the stuff he did with Anthrax you just think of that razor sharp metal but you said you know John Bush is a bluesy singer and I've never looked at it that way until you said that and it's like that's right he really is and he's just got that such a strong kind of mid-range I mean he just it's just power and I can well, see that being very difficult to emulate yeah uh I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because Udo is Udo, uh, but U I love Udo. It's that's um, tough to sing, man. There, there's a lot of people that don't understand 
Udo. Yeah, but he talks like that too. I mean, it's like it's like <laughs> Lemmy. It's Lemmy talks like the way he's. You know, that's his voice. If Lemmy could have sang like Paul McCartney, he would have. Trust me, because he's a Beatle. He was a Beatles guy. So. Yeah. Uh, he just did the best he can, and thank God he was in the disposition that he was in. And he just, this is what this is what God gave me. This is what I'm gonna fucking use. And th- mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, you don't want to think any other way. You need to just be you all the time. So if I could remember that every time I step up to the mic, I'm gonna be fine. Sure, sure. But like something that you said about bush is he is a bluesy singer in this almost the same people are going to hate me for throwing this rock but in the way ronnie james dio is a blues singer because he's he's a blues singer and he's a true tenor and i think bush is a tenor but he also has a mixed voice that he used a lot as he uses a lot as well yeah and that yeah. mixed voice is pretty much all I fucking got. <laughs> man, he, he's, when, when we saw him, man, I was shocked. He was hitting, uh, he was hitting no. I was just like, so and let's good. face it, we all know Blackie Lawless was using some tracks to help out. But man, mm-hmm. Anthra, uh, Anthrax, Armored Saint got up there and I was just like, my they God, he sounds so incredible. They killed it. It was great. Yeah. They're an amazing band and John's an amazing singer. I and, agree with you. Yeah. I think that it's important to, uh, you know, it's like, oh yeah, these these guys are sick, and just some guy's gonna come up and sing, you know, Udo and John mm-hmm. Bush. Mm-hmm. Like, right. What? Wait, what? <laughs> well, wait, what? Yeah. What did they just say? You know, who can sing that? Right. right. So it was kind of like it took people back, and they couldn't. So it was either it was the train wreck, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that people actually I feel like wanted to see. You guys at the top of the program, you guys mentioned that it was on like every, you know, me doing these two stints, uh, it was on like every music scene and metal music all over the internet. And, uh, so I feel like people were tuning in to see the train wreck and (laughs) were, if I, if I don't say so myself might've been, uh, pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. just to use some kind of phrase right here. Right. Um, so I was happy of that and I was really feeling the love from my constituents and my friends and my family from home saying, ah, you got it. You, he's killing it. He's doing fine under the circumstances. He's got balls bigger than basketballs to even attempt to go do this. Yeah. And sure. that's the biggest love that but I could pass up opportunities like that. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to do, you know, well, yeah. Well, it was. It kind of goes back to what John Bush was saying. How are you doing this? How do you? You you're either really fucking stupid or mm-hmm. how? Are you, this is John Bush. Who right. I ended up. But you know what? You, you went in there and you saved the day. You Absolutely. Know? You saved the day, and, yep. and everyone. The 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 paycheck kept coming for yes. for everyone. No one had to go home for a week, and and plus you're building a resume. Pretty soon you might get a call from Gene Simmons needing a Paul Stanley uh, replacement. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was funny. I got home from the Armored Saint thing, and um, and uh, then Steven Tyler got sick out in Vegas, and <laughs> Smith canceled their residency, and there were jokes and memes and stuff I was getting from. So, is your phone ringing? You know, or, mm-hmm. or so. Sure. That would well, that would be fun to sing some some Aerosmith, but um, yeah. But no, that that call didn't come, and I think it's turning into a joke at this point because. So at the, at the beginning hey man, of I, our 
uh, at the beginning of our um, podcast, we mentioned how we started this podcast, um, you know, through the pandemic and everything and just got bored and started this. We're on our episode 71 and, you know, we just kind of started with interviewing each other, you know, on a really makeshift uh, thing. And I know you got your own uh, podcast as well. And I think you're on your hundredth and something episodes and um, recently subscribed to your talk louder and you can check that out at talk louder podcast.com. But tell me a little bit, a little bit about your podcast and what, what, what are your expectations going further with that show and how, how far do you want to see it go? Well, well, first off, I, I want to say before we get too deep into this, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on your podcast you started during a pandemic so you wouldn't go completely batshit because that's exact uh, 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 to talk to a guy who started a podcast during a pandemic so he and his friends wouldn't go batshit yep 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 so that's pretty much it the same reason you guys were hanging out uh on zoom or whatever it is yes same same thing Hmm. um at first we didn't um the story goes like this me and my co-host metal dave uh, david glessner who's a journalist uh uh he he gets calls to you know interview the dudes in anthrax because they're on doing a tour he's the guy that gets the call to talk to you know, or any artist that's coming through or what he's, he's interviewed David Lee Roth and David Bowie wow. and Rob Halford and Ozzy Osbourne and Lemmy and, and Eddie Van Halen. And he's talked to oh, all of his idols. Uh, and, the, and, and it was probably some of it pre-internet hmm. or, you know, it was, you know, little recorder, you know, or answering machine recording phone calls, you know, that for, for smaller newspapers, you know, uh, in San Antonio and Austin area. He's a metal nerd, just like me. <laughs> so the, pan- the pandemic comes, and we've known each other forever, and the pandemic hits, and, and my guitar player, uh, songwriting partner in Broken Teeth, Jared Tootin, who was also the guitar player in a band some you old schoolers might have heard of called Pariah. They were on Geffen Records and had a, a record out called Tamaka Killing Bird. <laughs> um, uh, Pariah and Dangerous Toys used to play shows together all the time uh, before the toys got picked up and uh, and after. So I've known Jared forever too. Okay, so pandemic comes, Jared calls me and Dave and goes, what do you guys think about doing a podcast? And hold the phone for a second because it wasn't that long ago that I didn't know what a fucking podcast was. Mm-hmm. And uh, cause I'm dumb like that. I'm not techie at all. So, um, hence my, my full, my folder with, you know, sheet protectors and a flashlight on it for my teleprompter. <laughs> I'm not techie at all. Uh, so, <clears throat> so here we are, we're going, sure, man. You know, it's like, it's like Elon Musk calling up Beavis and Butthead. Hey, you guys should do a podcast. You know, it's like a smart guy calling some head, some caveman headbanger dummies. You know, All right. 
We're like, sure, all right, what do we do? How does that work? What's a podcast? Insert finger into nose kind of thing. And so um, once we got rolling and we really didn't, as you know, we we really didn't have to, I mean, it turned out I had all the gear here already and I had recently had to learn how to teach online because of the band, because for the same reason, right. because my school had to go remote because, you know, I mean, I was lucky to have a job. If I wouldn't have learned how to do that, I would have been, you know, screwed. <sighs> so I had already had this rig set up. <clears throat> so once we got Dave's rig put together and he went through about 20 different stupid microphones and I'm kidding, but mm-hmm. you know what? I, I know you know what I mean. Yes. Um, once we got everything working. Okay. Jared would just be like off camera running running you know he was the wizard behind the curtain right in our first few episodes maybe 15 episodes maybe yeah about 15 episodes maybe we didn't have guests Mm. we would just interview we would just talk to each other like you exactly the way you guys did and we would talk about we'd pick a topic and just hang out and next thing you know we were on there two two and a half three hours just talking about kiss or acdc or motorhead or whatever right Um, but we would pick topics like one of our topics would be uh replacement singers Hmm. and we give opinions about you know sammy hagar and van halen and and how bon scott's not the original singer for acdc and we would just start these whole we'd plant seeds and next thing you know we'd be in trouble because we missed dinner you know (laughs) So that, you know, we were like, yes, okay, this is working. And and once we realized that the less uh, scripting we did, where we just hang out and shoot the shit, it was really the best way to go. And now we got like, like you were saying, we're we're 130 years ish episodes, and it it's weird because it, it, it two years just like disappeared. Yeah. And, and uh, in, in those two years are recorded on the hard drive. It's crazy. Um, so between me and David, we just started, you know, about episode 20 or whatever. We just started saying, well, let's try to have a guest every time. It doesn't, really matter, who it, doesn't really matter who it is, you know. And uh, we just started inviting our friends. We've literally had our friends as guests, you know. That's yeah. how it was for us. I yeah. mean, it was local. We were interviewing local musicians, and then one day we're looking off on to our right on the on the computer screen, and there's Rudy Sarzo, and and uh, <laughs> and it's really odd at first. You're talking yeah. to like Stephen Piercy, who you know, out of the cellar, was like one of the biggest albums for me as a, as a 13 year old kid. And it's so cool, man. It's just to think that's yeah, there's Rudy Sarzo. That's as close as I'm ever going to get to Randy Rhodes right there. You know, <laughs> yeah. talking to Rudy Sarzo. It's, it was pretty cool. Though. I will say this though, and I I don't know you you probably have not run into this because you guys obviously have more connections in the industry than we do. But when the pandemic had everybody locked down, you know, we, we our format is live. Um, we do it live. I don't know if you guys you know pre record it and edit it and then release it, but. 
We yeah, had... we're too scared. We're too afraid to do it live. <laughs> yeah, I understand. It is risky. I'll You're doing it live right now, yeah, Jason. Yeah, yeah but, I'm, I, you know... I, I'm, I'm afraid. I came in kicking and kicking and screaming some of the emails were, eluse, were eluding that it was live. I was like, uh-oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, but what we noticed early on when everyone was locked down, the numbers were just astronomical. And then, you know, of course, as, as life has gotten kind of more back to normal, it's tougher to to draw in the the numbers like that but yeah. you know quite honestly we we do it just because we enjoy it ourselves and we're getting to talk to people like you Music which is nerds. It, it's and, just a treat and 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 just the the tough the tough job of of reaching out to like publicists and and, and yeah. how you got to find the white the right ways you know to get into the, mm-hmm. some of these people you you get no replies some people don't have time yep. you know call me back in 3 weeks you know this sort of thing it's it's hair pulling experience yeah, but is. but once you get them it's like ching yeah you know, it's like hell yeah, yeah we got them so well it it's uh i i have a lot of fun doing it um it doesn't really take uh that much uh out of my my personal time um y- you know it's 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 kind of like having uh another band or another project because right. when, yeah. when we sell a, a coffee mug a talk louder coffee mug or a t-shirt i'm like yes you yes. know what i mean it's like, yes we do i said it i said it a long time ago actually can't take credit for it i got it from a friend of mine but you win your fans one at a time true and, and when and I, it's kind of a diy thing it's you know it's like what you like this shit awesome you know because i'm just <laughs> right. winging it you know yeah. this is just came out of my brain and what someone likes it cool for sure so I think that it's important to uh, keep your feet on the ground and your and your head below the clouds and and uh, do it for the, all of the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about a podcast. I'm talking about everything. Right. So important to uh, to to know that uh, when when someone you know. Yeah, okay, I'll do your podcast. I bet their numbers suck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like as soon as someone as soon as some Dave called me and, and uh he was he was on the lot he was he was uh had uh had a fish on the hook and it might have been like Ripper Owens or someone like that, you know. Yeah. Someone pretty badass and uh and uh the publicist asked Dave and Dave was just telling me the story. The publicist asked what our numbers were, and I said, "Don't laugh at me, okay, guys." I said, "I said, the fuck do they mean by that?" Uh, yeah. You know, because numbers, it's like I don't do this for numbers, right? Right. I mean, I want to do some sort of like Shanghai, you know, uh, standing on my head journalism of things I care about, mm-hmm. but I, I don't, if, if I, if they think that I'm legitimate, keep moving because right. I'm not claiming to be legit, you know? Right. And, and, and in some places your numbers are bigger, like say for instance, for with us, our numbers are bigger on Facebook because that's where it kind of started. Right. That's where, you know, our, our page okay. has grown up. And then we, I don't know shit about how to get subscribers on youtube i just don't and and i try to figure it out i don't know how to i mean now if if, if something gets picked up you know through blabbermouth or whatever and a story gets picked up and then you know suddenly some some, some we get some hits on our on our youtube page same you know, 
I mean, that's the only way I, I'm seeing how it works because I can't other than sharing it on Facebook and say, hey, guys, subscribe to our YouTube. But, man, that's like one of the toughest. And we're on yeah. we're on Twitter and all these other places. And, and I don't really know our numbers in a lot of these places. And, and I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. laughing because it sound, you sound like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm laughing you, because I can't I can't figure it out either. And and and. Don't take this the wrong way. Uh, I mean, I, I personally, as well as uh, my bands and and my podcasts, are are all over that social media stuff. Yeah. But I don't know what I'm doing. Neither I don't know do what we. I'm doing when I'm on there. I'm just like surfing. You we know, it's just, like I mean, yeah. we're just three friends. We're all in bands. We just like the. I mean, if we can't be playing. We like to be talking about music, much like you. You know. But honestly, I equate what what all of us are doing, you included. It's like trying to make it in a band. I mean, Eddie it's, Trunk says everybody has a, podca- a podcast. It's now. so oversaturated because so many yeah. people did exactly what the four of us did. We got bored during the pandemic. Boom, here's our podcast, and it's it's tough. It's like being out on Sunset Strip trying to nail your flyer to the telephone pole, and here comes the guy behind you putting his flyer over the top of it. Yep. It's yep. no different. It's not. So so we're comfortable in hell. Absolutely. Yes. We're just okay in hell. We're just in hell and we show up every day. Yes, master. Yeah, punch yes, that master. Clock. Yes. yes absolutely. I'm here for you, master. Right. Well, well we've, obviously we're glutton for punishment and it's just because we love rock and roll. Absolutely. And that's so true. That's the best that's the best part when you realize why you're doing something and you can stand by it. Right. right. Would you be willing to come back and do a part two? Because we've already been on with you for an hour and twenty minutes. Maybe he can and... bring John Bush with him. Oh, hey. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, he's happens to be. Hey, John. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, uh, I, 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 I don't know, but you know, I, I can put in a good word. There you go. I, you know hey, what I mean? Be, we'd uh, be great talking to you again because we didn't even get to get into a lot of stuff that I wanted to, to get in, right. into with like you. Like your Judas Priest tribute thing. Yeah. You, are you still doing that? Well, it's it's a, like a unicorn, um, but, you know, I have a rule. Never break up the band. Right. You don't have to play any shows. Just don't break up the band. That's just true. Make sure you, you guys okay? You good? Okay, because, you know, in three years, we I might call you. We might, you know, okay, I'll be ready, you know. Is is this picture uh, I have up on the screen? Is this with igniter or is this with sad wings? That's with igniter. Sad wings. I pull all my hair back and glue it oh, down. Where the hat? That's right. Um, yeah, okay. I'm looking. I'm looking like uh, unleashed in the east. Do you ride a motorcycle out on the stage? I have a chopper that I used to like doll up and put headlights on and everything and and bring it out during uh, hellbent for yeah. leather and whip it and fuck yeah. it while I sang to it. We're right, gonna yeah. we're gonna put that lyric monitor on the back of that chopper. There you go. Uh, if you're ever in Tulsa, I want to show you our lyric monitor. We're so proud okay. of this this creation, and I understand you can't put it on an airplane. I get that, but it it has made life a lot easier. So anyway, nice. Well, I uh, I'm I'm open to uh, discuss any any help for putting on a good show. Yeah. Well, you might get the call again, so I just I just want yeah. life to be good and easy for you. I appreciate you coming on this show and just the fact that you were a music fan such as I and 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 Nine and Jana over here. You know, you, the Grim Reapers, all the cool stuff. You know, mm-hmm. growing up and just appreciating sure. yeah. some of that some of that stuff that just you know never made it. You know, never rise to the top like some of the others. But the sweet pains, you know. Uh, 
<laughs> you were a lot like me with all of your, you know, your King Diamond stuff back there. All your, your you know, I was a big Merciful Fate fan, but then at the same time, I was into Pretty Boy Floyd and Rock's Gang, and you know, I just loved it all and collected it all, and I wasn't ashamed of any of it. You know, I just, I was a big fan and supported all that stuff. And, and it sounds like you were much the same. And, and yeah, and, that and, that's the way to be. And you know, uh, and I appreciate you you putting your heart on your sleeve because it's the only way to live. Uh, because once they see you coming, they know you're real. Yeah. I, I I the older I get, I realize that that there's a lot of truth to uh, heavy metal fans. I'll just generalize. Uh, heavy metal fans are the best fans in the world because they're the smartest and they're not afraid to be who they are and fight uh for what they like and believe in uh they probably have a library card um i think heavy metal fans get a bad rap all the time yes um the the interesting thing is 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 what and what i'm really trying to say here is like when you think of like uh you know the guys in venom or the guys in celtic frost and sure they might like the alternative type of music you know uh that could be anything whatever alternative means to you uh but when i see like tom warrior one of my heroes from celtic frost and uh, uh trypticon and triumph of death uh hellhammer etc uh when i see him wear like a moxie shirt dude that's one of the coolest like old school canadian hard rock led zeppelin wannabe bands in the world mm. and they're kind of glammy and stuff too when i see like you know the guys in the heaviest bands in the world and the thrashiest bands in the world wear kiss t-shirts and van halen t-shirts and def leopard shirt you know that's that's our people and yeah, so sure. doesn't matter what what you what you're popular for if you're a music fan you're a music fan yep. amen to that amen yeah jason thank you so much for coming on with us everybody out there stay in touch with jason go to his website jasonmcmaster.net follow everything he's doing and support it hey if you're ever in oklahoma make sure you look us up tulsa music stream and after we get off the air we'll send you the link to the the replay of the interview and let's do this again cool. we need to get into more yeah. of your story yeah yeah it's on YouTube yeah. and Facebook. We could talk for a while. Yes. Oh yeah, you don't get me started. Obviously, because I, <laughs> I I can go and go like the Energizer Bunny. It's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, Appreciate it's been it. awesome. Jason, take care. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Talklouderpodcast dot so everybody. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Cool. All right. Bye bye. All right. All right. Awesome. Cool guy. Yes, very cool. Man. Very cool. We didn't even get to... Oh, there's so much I wanted to ask him about. Yeah. If you guys don't know, he was courted not once but twice by Vinnie Paul to audition for Pantera in 1986. Then fast forward to 1999, he was courted twice by Skid Row. And he turned both gigs down for the same reasons. And, 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 and so he could have brought that up when I brought up Sebastian Bach. You know, well, we're going to have him back. He's He is... I mean, he's just done so much. I'll be honest. I I didn't. I I wasn't aware of how much he has done until I started researching for this interview. But man, yeah. the guy has an extensive. Yeah. Resume. I wanted to ask him if about his vinyl collection and <clears throat> see what you know. It looked fun. like he had a whole lot of shit behind him. Yeah. You know, you know he was talking yeah. about he was a. We needed a little tour of his wall. No like kidding. like someone who who gave us a tour through their house that time. Who was that? 
Oh, uh, uh, drummer for um, uh, Tesla. Oh, Troy oh, Lakeda? Yeah, yeah, okay. Troy. I was like, so yeah, yeah. We that needed a little cool. tour of the wall, the memorabilia and the, and the paraphernalia. Yeah, but he's, he said he was a tape trader back in the day when he was young. Oh, yeah. So I, I wondered like how much of that, how much of that stuff he still had, you know, behind him. Right. If any of that stuff right. was from the stuff that he traded. We'll have to request a wall tour in a, in a house tour. Probably had like Witch Find or a lot well, of crazy bands back then all right nature calls so. yeah do you need to, do oh, you need I do. to go I'm okay gonna, gonna go. we'll wrap this yeah, up thank uh, you guys so much and and make sure you hit like and, and subscribe to our youtube channel um share our, our our stream on facebook um facebook youtube twitter all that good stuff um also if uh, we'll have our um our episode uploaded to spotify our heart radio amazon music and we're also on you know of course the uh, Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And there it is right there. Spotify, Apple yep. Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, and many others. Um, just get get on there, hit follow, hit like on all that stuff if you want to listen to it in your, on, in your vehicle going to work in the mornings or if you want to listen to us on some earphones or ear pods. Hear a, a, earbuds. A, yeah, earbuds. Where they're, 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 they're like uh, earpods. Hearing aids. Yeah. Earpods. Hey, Teresa, let's check out your, your camera shot. How are you doing, Teresa? You, there um, she is. Wow, look how look how close up she is now. You're, yeah. No, you're good. You look great. Yeah. We do need to get you more light back there, but this was like a last second, uh, last second thing. But we've got three cameras working now. And you know why? Let me tell you where's why. The, where's the other one? Oh I, oh, I had it up a few times. Let oh, me, uh, yeah, hold on. Now I have to sift through and find it. Oh, here it is, right there. Hey, <laughs> yeah, we need to kind of play with those uh, still, but we're we're getting there. But yeah. but let me explain how it is that we have three cameras. Thanks to our sponsor, DEB Concerts, we appreciate Doug Burgess and his support of our stream. He has enabled us to get some more equipment, adding and improving all the time. Thank you, Doug Burgess. Thank Make you, sure, Doug. yes, we appreciate you. Check out everything. Happy birthday! Yeah, yeah. Check out everything he's got going on at debconcerts.com. Shout out to Okie PC, Dustin Little. Thanks for always being such a faithful supporter of Tulsa Music Stream. If you folks out there have any IT needs whatsoever, you can get a hold of Dustin at Okie PC, 918-640-0892, or you can email Dustin at OkiePC.com. Get you a TMS hoodie while it's still kind of chilly outside. Go to our Tulsa Music Stream Facebook page and click on the online store link at the top. You can get some t-shirts, a hoodie, or a tank. We've got warm weather coming up. Thanks to our other sponsors, Psychomo Filmworks. Thank you, buddy, for an awesome intro you did for us. We are going to get back to work. Hey, he's back. How was your trip to the restroom? Well, I mean, I gotta tell you, it was relieving. Yeah, was it? I guess I don't need the earphones anymore. Uh, I can hear you. Really? Okay. Did I miss anything? So, Teresa, how was your weekend? <sighs> yeah, my weekend was good. Uh, yeah, I didn't do much, which was nice. Kind of took the weekend off. I got to tell you, I'm missing football, and so far the XFL's not cutting it for me. Yeah. I keep waiting for Vince McMahon to come out and, like, you know, you know inter- intervene in some way. Do you guys think they're pumping crowd noise into those games? Probably so. Yeah, we were watching a little bit of that last night. Maybe, I don't think Vince McMahon, is he still on it? I don't think he does. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Don't let me tell you. I had it on the TV last night, and 
Yeah. You know, it's just not the same. Those are the guys that didn't make the NFL. In the, in you know, I saw Wade Phillips was there. Yeah, I saw that. So, you know, that brought back in the NFL anymore, then you might still have a job. But right. uh, I do like to see Bob Stoops. That's that nice. was cool. And they won, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah, that was cool. Tulsa yeah. Well, thank you, Dustin Little, for uh, helping Wes out. And, yes. uh, joining a little help us, from our friends. Joining us in the chat room, Travis Arnold, thank you very much. Bonnie Miller, thank Travis. you. Uh, Angie Parker and Chuck Cooley, thank you guys. Um, man, Johnny Nitros was in the house. Thank I you, know. Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Uh, just really a lot of cool people. T- uh, T- Tiffany Sexton Peterman, she's going to go, I guess. Um, she's a big fan of Dangerous Toys and Jason. Nice. So that's cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, they chimed in in the chat room um, quite much. Thank you, everybody. Quite much. Jamie Hooper, Quite thank much. you, sir. Um, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Jerry uh, Crittenden, thank you so much for joining us in the chat room and checking our stream out. We had a wonderful interview with Jason McMaster. Yep. Um, Dangerous Toys, uh, Dirty Looks. I, I mean, Dirty Looks, they were like one of those cool bands that oh, we yeah. were talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we are going to go get to work and get some more things lined up so we can get back on here and see you fine folks and learn some more music history from some of these heroes of ours. Thanks again to Jason McMaster for a great interview tonight. Are we holding out for a hero? Is that a song? <laughs> is yeah. it? I guess we are. Isn't it Bonnie Tyler? Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. Okay. yeah I think she's in the stream. Didn't I just say thanks, yeah. Bonnie Tyler? Yeah, I know. Totally clips <laughs> yeah. of the heart. She says, hello, Jason. That's Bonnie. Wow. Amazing. Bonnie, Bonnie Miller. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what do you folks say we get out of here and enjoy the rest of our Sunday night? And we will let you know when we're going to be back on. Watch the Tulsa Music Stream page on Facebook. Thank you guys so much for your What's support. Up, yeah, and please uh, go ahead and share our, our stream on all your favorite pages and everything. We really appreciate it. Um, hit like and hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. It's much appreciated if you haven't done that. The more the merrier, right? They always say 97% of your listeners and viewers are not subscribers. Change that. That's a problem. Got to change, change it. it. Yeah. Much love, guys. Have a great week. We'll see Good you night. soon Enjoy on the Tulsa Music Stream. Good night.